All right, time for our Miami Sports Pod. Will Manso, Clay Furrow, Dookie Lang. As we get started with what was a uh, interesting week in South Florida sports in the sense the Miami Heat continue to roll. Uh, the Miami Dolphins kind of referred back to what they were. And maybe the biggest story in South Florida sports is Tua Tungvaloa had a uh, serious injury, hip injury, in, in the Alabama game. And now all reports are that he's going to be out for a while, obviously out the rest of the season. I want to start with Tua, guys, because Alabama is saying that he's expected to make a full recovery. Their team doctors are, and he's going to have surgery early in the week. And for those listening, or maybe later in the week, he's had the surgery. Bottom line is this. I think a lot of Dolphin fans are kind of like, you have the, the one kind of fan clear saying, see, this is what you don't take for a player. The other fan saying, well, look, you know, now we have to move on. And then there's me kind of in the middle saying, I'm not sure this tank for Tua stuff is over just yet. I mean, the Dolphins are going to be in position to have a top five pick most likely. And I'm not ready to give up on Tua Tungavaloa as a star and a potential franchise quarterback for the Dolphins in the future. I'm not ready to give up on on him like that either. I I think what's unfortunate is, well, the whole thing's unfortunate, but I I think what's unfortunate is, look, you see the statement from the Alabama team doctor, and you hope that he's going to make the full recovery. What's unfortunate is we have seen similar injuries either end careers, Bo Jackson comes to mind, or significantly slow down careers of players who could could have been really, really special. Um, So my concern would be, even though he says expected to make a full recovery, the doctor does, what does that entail? Now, I'll say this. I have no problem. If you tell me that Tua is going to sit out 2020, come back in 2021, and be as good as new, as good as he was before, then absolutely, I have no problem taking it because well, I don't think... the are six to eight months. He may be a, a yeah, six-to-eight-month recovery. And, and, and again, that's, that's where this whole thing... So this is where I'm at, Will. I'm with you. I'm not willing to give up on the whole thing yet. But that is contingent upon your doctors, independent doctors, doctors who see him on a regular basis, all agreeing that he is 100% going to come back. I don't care if it's in 2021, but is eventually going to come back as good as new. I will say this. If there's anything we've learned throughout the years, the Dolphins are very good at evaluating quarterback injuries. (laughs) (laughs) That's... never that one in there. By the way, just for the record, completely disagree with both of you. You think take for Tua is over? I I, I, I would not touch Tua. T- Herbert. I would not touch Tua with someone else's salary cap. I would not go near him. <laughs> it is so unfortunate. I feel terrible for him. I feel terrible for his family. I think Nick Saban put him in a terrible position. They're up thirty-five to seven. I think the lower half of his body was compromised before he went out there. He had had surgery. After that surgery, everyone's like, oh, it's such a miraculous healing. It's such a great healing. No. Alabama, the football factory, rushed him back. By the way, he had surgery for a sprained ankle. It doesn't matter. Lower half- no, no, no. I'm actually agreeing with right, you. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. not a surgery you usually have. Usually you let it heal. And so the, the bottom half of his body was compromised. Nick Saban, who makes millions and millions and millions of dollars, was more than willing to risk Tua's future. Tua, who I don't know what his insurance policy was, is damaged goods at this point he had I, one injury he had two injury I mean, and now he had, he had a, a serious injury ankle. i would Look. not bet my franchise on a guy who's coming back from major hip surgery that keeps him out six to eight months i'm sorry i you can find someone else who can throw a football i at this point i thought he was an injury concern prior to this injury but this injury and 
I'm sorry. This is a very cold thing to say, okay? And I, I'm, I'm admitting this right now. It's very cold. The fact that it happened now and not in week two to the Dolphins after they got the second overall pick by trading up their other first-round pick, the fact that it happened prior to the Dolphins drafting him is going to turn out to be a gigantic blessing for the Dolphins. I think they're going to end up with someone better, healthier, and unfortunately for Tua, I do not think his career will ever be the same if he indeed plays football again. That's I, what I think. I, I don't think I don't. Here's the thing: you're entitled to say that. I just don't know how you can formulate that opinion. He hasn't even had the surgery yet. I mean, the team doctors, who certainly know more than we do, are saying that he can make a full recovery and that he's expected to. Now, a full recovery, we'll see how he bounces back, and and maybe he comes back and he's the same player he was, and maybe there is an injury-prone label to him that he never gets to shed in the NFL. But if you tell me right now, it, will Tua Tagovailoa be a starter in the NFL and be a first-round pick in next year's draft? You tell me that right now, I'm going to tell you. I'm 99% sure he will be. Why is there any reason to believe? If you're telling me he can have the surgery, if the doctors are saying, look, he's going to make a full recovery, he's going to get a chance. Now, is he going to be the same dynamic Tua? That's probably the part to be determined. Is he mm-hmm. going to be a good quarterback, or is he going to be that special quarterback that, that so many people in the game have said, this guy transcends, this guy's different, this guy's just one of those talents that, that you rarely see that could do so many things. That's the what you wait on. But I think an NFL team is certainly going to get early and I think it's going to try to build around them now whether that team is the Dolphins I don't know but to say that his career might be over he's gonna I mean he's gonna have surgery he didn't lose a limb he's he's having a no he just lost a career he didn't lose a career what do you mean he lost so you're telling me that you on this podcast knows more than a doctor than than a doctor who's going to do the surgeries and 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 a University and, of Alabama. This, so the University and, of Alabama. Who, what does the University of Alabama care? He's not going to play for them again. Well, because they're, they're, they're it gonna, happened on their watch. No, it doesn't matter. They're going to if he if ask it's his a, lawyers. It's a devastating injury. Yep. Is it legal stuff? He's a, he's a kid who had an injury. Guys have injuries all the time. I mean, you got to. He's not he, guys. He if, was the presumptive number one overall ACL, pick. He'd be out twelve months. So I mean, what's the difference? I mean, he's going to be back. We're going to have to see. Is, there's nothing to see. We have he's, to see what happened. What caused him to get out on the field at that point? He didn't suffer paralysis or lose a limb. He's having surgery. Now, again, how that fits into the Dolphins' plan? Look, Clay, you and I have talked about it. They may like Justin Herbert more. They may like Jordan Love more. There may be somebody else that they're looking at as a franchise quarterback, and they weren't even going to draft two in the first place. Well, let's let's go piece by piece really quickly. Uh, I think... I think we've all become kind of a victim of the social media age and, and guys having... Yeah, like ending guys' career after they get injured. <laughs> well, yes, and, and look, uh, Dr. David Chow, who is phenomenal when it comes to this stuff, I'll admit, I was reading his stuff about Tua's injury, and it was frightening. It was really scary, and I obviously, you know, he, he makes sure to make it clear that he can't make a full diagnosis without seeing the player, but the concern surrounding this injury from from what i read it just seems odd that you can immediately say that he's going to make a full recovery at least to the extent right. that he's going to be can we admit fully... alabama has a vested interest well, in, in, in making it look fine make a full recovery is cuz they understand what the surgery entails now he had first of all all the stuff you're saying about the doctor child child right the stuff you were saying it was immediately after the injury. Absolutely. He hadn't been looked yes. at, evaluated, no plan had been put in place. It was just look at a video on the side. Doctors actually look at this and do x-rays and MRIs and tests. Then they determine what it is, and then they plan a course of action. Sure. So let's let's presume really quickly. So just for the sake of argument here, let's presume really quickly that he does make a full recovery at some point within the next 
I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the timeline at 16 months because again, the Dolphins are not going to the playoffs in 2021, or they're not going to push for a Super Bowl in 2020. Maybe they sneak in as a wild card, whatever it may be. But or excuse me, in 2020, 2020 yeah. because there there's still a lot more than just the quarterback that needs to be fixed Absolutely. with this team. So, to me. If he comes back at any point, then I'd have no problem if they end up with the fourth, fifth pick in the draft. I'd have no problem using that on Tua Tagovailoa, assuming he is going to come. So, sake of argument, put that out there. So let's go back to what Dukey was saying about Nick Saban. I, I'm with you. I, I thought the whole thing was, it, it was disturbing, and. I didn't have as much of a problem with him being in there when the game was 35-7 to because the way Nick Saban explained, he said, look, this is the last drive he's going to be out there. Uh, we're going to give him time to, to work on situational football, the two-minute drill, all that. So if a quarterback is healthy enough to play, I'm okay with leaving him out there, even in a blowout. Things happen. you got to use it almost like practice, all that stuff. He should not have been playing in the first place. He should not have been playing the weekend before mm-hmm. against LSU and Mississippi State is not a good football team. You're telling me, and they played Jones earlier in the year, and they had no problem putting up, what, 40, 50, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so they could have easily and would have easily run all over Mississippi State without Tua. So my problem with this whole thing isn't that he was out there with two minutes left in the 35-7 game in the second quarter. It wasn't so much that, oh, man, things happen in sports. It's that... Why are you playing him at all when mm-hmm. you already had a, a, an odd, unique surgery to fix an ankle? I didn't, I didn't understand that surgery, to be honest no, with you. No, and, and look, guys, I none of us are doctors, but I think we all have, have gone out there and walked around, played, run, I know, well, you just ran a marathon. I mean, we've all done things with, like, little little nagging things. I mean, especially all of us are, are either in our, uh, you know, I'm 40, well, you're over 40, Duke, you're going to be 40. Like God, I'm old. You, you know that when something else hurts, you're going to compensate. Of course, yeah. And I'm and sorry. Athletes at the highest level, you multiply times By the way, I, I texted a doctor for what it's worth, and I said, you know, like... A doctor you, who didn't see... Who did no, not, a doctor but, who, did not, who did not see Tua, and I'm like, does he have any... Am I crazy? Does... His having other injuries impact. He's like, of course, like people. And so, doctor, know that. What What is the rush for them? If this was a what? selfish move by there, Alabama, there's a missing element. If I could play devil's advocate, isn't it too? obviously wanted to play, right? And Tua, sure. he's a good kid. And like, Tua, Tua, obviously, obviously, he said, to look, I feel fine. I feel ready, which he probably does because he's out there making plays and playing well. But he's obviously not at 100. percent Obviously, put himself in a situation where he could suffer a more serious injury, which yeah. he did. And look, we all saw it against LSU. I, I mean, my goodness, he when was he was, limping when at the he, end. oh, it was so bad, man. And again, it's Mississippi State. So last thing I'll say on this: when you're hurt like that and you're falling down, and you know an ankle is hurt, isn't your natural inclination to try to soften the blow? And and wouldn't it be to kind of like use your 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 tail, your backside, whatever the 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 correct term that we can use on a podcast is um, to try your hip. Like, wouldn't yeah. you try to be falling on something that would cushion the blow on your right? So, like, I, I don't know. It just felt like to me, when I heard hip, my immediate thought was, oh, man, he was compensating for the ankle. And he should have never been out there in the yeah, first no, place. No, I think, look, the one that we could all agree on is that he shouldn't have been out there. As far as to his future, I think that's to be determined. As far as the kind of player he's going to be when he comes back and what teams think of him. Obviously, teams are going to go, look, if it's six months, six months from now, he, if he's able to run and move and throw and play – you were looking at just before the NFL draft. The NFL draft is what, late April, I believe? 
So you're looking at, you, we are in what, mid-November? So if he has, theoretically, he's having the surgery early oh in the God. week. You're looking at a, at a timeline where he's back to running and playing right around the NFL draft. That's tricky for NFL teams oh, to determine, do I, do I mortgage my future? Now, the Dolphins are in a unique position having three first-round picks. Yeah, you beat me to it. That, look, maybe they don't take him fourth or fifth overall, but maybe they take him 16th if he somehow slips through. I just use the thing about it. If he's anywhere close to being, uh, you know, the stamp of approval that he's okay, no, he's not going after 16th. He's going to go in the top 10. I mean, that's just he's that kind of talent that a team, especially one in need of a quarterback, will take a chance on. By the way, you can always take a chance by going to Vera Motors because you will be happy. No doubt about that. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Well, I just want to say that the scenario you described where the Dolphins, where he starts to make some of his recovery and the Dolphins draft him, because that you know maybe they get him at a discount in terms of maybe their first pick is four and their their second pick is twelve and they get him at twelve. It's still the quarterback of the future, and so you have to have a hundred percent. And I, this is the word I keep going back to: conviction that you were picking the right guy. Okay, and if you had any that. doubts about Tua's durability prior to Saturday's injury, I mean, well, I, this way, you oh, see, I, let's, again, flip the side of that. If, there's there's two schools of thought of this. Either the Dolphins were high on Tua or they weren't. If they were high on Tua, they're still high on Tua. If they weren't high on Tua, they're not going to draft him anyways. So what they believed in, you know, you look at every year teams fall in love with the quarterback, and they're going to go after that quarterback no matter what. We sit here and teams, we watch drafts and, and fans and on social media, everybody rolls their eyes and the experts and the analysts say, what were they thinking? But teams have a conviction on a player. Is that player Tua for the Dolphins? Was it ever Tua? We we certainly won't know until the draft. If the Dolphins have the ability to draft Tua and he's been cleared and he's expected to be okay and they pass on him for someone else, then we have our answer. We have our answer. Maybe, again, we throw the list, Herbert, Fromm, whoever it may be. The Dolphins obviously have their eyes on someone at this moment as the, the guy they're really looking at, and that opinion could change from now to April, but we'll have to wait to then. But I, I don't I don't think this is the last we've heard of Tua Tungvalu. Certainly at Alabama it is, but not not at a high level of play and not in the NFL. He'll, he'll get his chance. Uh, as long as all goes well, there's no setbacks. I don't see why he won't get that opportunity. All right, we've got the opportunity to move on now. I don't think we need to delve too much into what happened with the Dolphins and the Bills. Uh, quite frankly, what happened is this team reverted back to what we saw the first, you know, eight weeks of the season. They're not good. Turned back into a pumpkin. Exactly. <laughs> and that, no, that's the truth. And look, they played that once again. They played hard as they have throughout the season for Brian Flores. After falling behind sixteen nothing, they made it a game. Jakeem Grant had a great return. Uh, but this team has so many holes, and we're seeing it week in and week out. They get a, a teammate. It's the Bills at seven and three. That's a solid team. Clearly better than the Dolphins in so many areas. Uh, so I think that's. I don't think we need to touch on the game that much. Well, I, I think the Jakeem Grant thing is kind of interesting. It was a great run. Uh, just, just well, no, I don't think it was just a great run. He had multiple good returns on Sunday. He was involved in the running game with the Wildcat touchdown. He was involved in the passing game a few times. And I'm just curious, like, where has he been? And, and 
like, is this a viable weapon for the Miami Dolphins moving forward? I think we because saw some of it the last couple of years. We've seen, look, they, they signed, a them. Long they time though, them. They signed them to extension for a reason. I think he's part of their, their the small part of the core that they have, they've identified, Clay. Uh, he's a playmaker. The question with, with him is like so many other things. You got to get him in space, you got to find ways to get him the football. So, that what does that mean? You got to have a quarterback. Dolphins, you know, Fitzpatrick's had his moments, but he's obviously not the quarterback of the future. You got to have protection. You got to move the line around. You got to do things. They don't have that right now. They don't have an offensive line. No. So, I mean, there's very, to maximize the potential of Jakeem Grant, you've got to be able to find a way to get him the football in space. And the Dolphins don't have a lot of, they were able to do it on Sunday with the, with the Wildcat at work. That's great. But, I mean, they just need more around them. I do think Jakeem is a part of the solution for the future, uh, as meaning part of that core of guys that you get the ball in his hands. He can make some plays. Well, he had the hamstring injury a few weeks ago, and I think with a with a player who so much depends on explosiveness and um, and speed, that's the type of thing that can linger for a while, especially if you're not careful with it. Um, so, like, I... I think what we saw on Sunday are it's the glimpses of why they gave him the contract extension. Yeah. Is, is when he's healthy or close to it, he's going to be able to do things like that. Why'd they give it to Alan Hearns then? <laughs> well, I'm surprised he didn't drop the pen signing it based oh, on Sunday. Oh, come soon. on, man. I wasn't the one who fumbled the ball He's on a Sunday. cane, man. I know, I know. Come on. No, I like uh, I like Alan. And, I do, and too, I, but he, I, he did fumble yeah, on Sunday. He, no, and I, and I, I, <laughs> I think they envision him as a, you know, as, as a wide receiver depth, a solid player. He's supposed to be reliable. Yeah, really like really quick. But, but quickly, go, though, guys, let's go through this. I mean, we know this team needs a lot, right? But... Let's say the draft falls in a way where you take Tua with whatever your first pick is. Maybe he falls a couple spots because of the whatever. Take, um, about, just, like, they take a quarterback. They're they going take to a quarterback, take a quarterback in that first round. Then we know they badly need to, to fortify both lines. I, I mean, and you're sitting there, and, and I know this I is supposed to be— I think you start offense first, though, right? Yes, yes. But here's my point. And this is supposed to be the best wide receiver draft maybe ever. Um, but— if you're the Dolphins, you know a bunch of other teams need receivers. If you're sitting there going in the next year, you've got Preston Williams, who you think could potentially be your number one receiver. Guys, Devontae Parker has shown a lot to where I, I'm not going to rely on him to be a number one, but you can't tell me that the Dolphins haven't figured out a way this year, that this new offensive staff hasn't figured out a way to get him the ball and allow him to make an impact as potentially a number two guy. You have somebody like Grant, who's your space player. You got Alan Hearns as your your strict, your pure possession type receiver. That's four decent pass catchers, good pass catchers, to where you go in the draft, and it isn't necessarily a spot where you're having to reach. That's not a bad spot to be in. Yeah. So, you know, again, I think this whole season, as we've all agreed, is are you setting yourself up for the future? And I, if I'm the Dolphins, I, you know they need line help so badly. Yeah, I think what they've done with these pass catchers and, and re-signing Hearns, and again, fourth option potentially, you've got Grant who's going to be that electric guy in space. You've got a guy like Devontae Parker who can be a two. Preston Williams could potentially be your one. I don't hate the pass catchers oh, no, moving I, forward I don't with either. this I don't, team. I think, I think they identif- have to be better than that. I don't know. I, if you look around, the, look it's at it this way. It's not a need relative to the rest of the roster. No, no, no. It would, be, it would be like if, if your car is totally broken down and, you know, it's a wheel. 
but it's not. I mean, <laughs> look at the explosive offenses in the league, right? Like when you look at a, a Casey's a different animal because they have a Mahomes, they have a quarterback like right. that. They don't need, you know, Tariq Hill turns out to be this incredible player. But even when Tariq Hill goes down, they still have guys that they just plug and play because right. of the system. Right. The like quarterback the Patriots. That, I, New England's that, a perfect that was example. My, that was my yeah. next example. The Patriots. The Patriots keep winning. Yes. They just keep, and what do they keep? They, they, they pick up because they get you take a chance on Josh Gordon, didn't work out, they move on to the next guy. Obviously, Julian Edelman being a, a, a you know, a, a great possession receiver, but he's not the guy that stretches the field all the time. He's that security blanket, slot guy, whatever you want to call it. But I think to your point, Clay, the Dolphins, sure, would you love an Odell Beckham type? Would you love a superstar type? Yeah, but we've already seen it with the Giants and with the Browns. No matter how good Odell is, if you don't have other stuff around them and a quarterback can get on the football, it's not going to matter. Yeah. So I do agree with you that I like some of the things there. They just That, all, that offensive line is terrible. Yeah, it's and, and terrible. so that's – and again, I, to Dookie's point, I'm not sitting here saying that this this is like – it's not going to be – if that if that is your core pass catchers going into next year, it's not a strength of the team that's by a any C. stretch. That's a C. Yeah, but, but – but, but given that the, the offensive line is probably a D minus F, yeah, but no, no, well, a and team of quarterbacks, that's as well. a C, oh, yeah. right? And that's and what I mean is you've you've got a group of guys that hey, if you're going to grow a young quarterback and you want to stock the lines to be able to to give him protection and make him feel better moving forward, you can go in with those pass catchers and be okay if you build the yeah. the line. Do you believe you? Him. Do you believe you draft like triage? Like, do you believe you go in and you look at your team and you go, okay, our F. On our team, our biggest gaping hole is the offense line. So we gotta immediately get that. Or do you think it? Are you more of like a every pick has to be value? Every you know, go for the best kind of player. You I, see what I'm saying? Because I, you're basically no, saying that the wide receiver position is okay. Therefore, they gotta focus on. But what if in a draft full of like a wide receivers? Are you going to take a B offense alignment just because that's a bigger need? Ideally, you go best player available. Yeah, ideally. ideally. Now, what what happens though, and it, you hope that you build up a franchise to where you can take best player available because best player available is eventually going to take the spot of somebody who's going to leave. And you look at the really good franchises around the league. That's what happens. Is and the Patriots are obviously the shining example of this. Is they consistently draft best player available because then when somebody like Chandler Jones it comes time for him to get a big contract, like he moves on. Trey Flowers, these yeah, guys they move always on. do it too soon rather than too late. Exactly. Yeah. And they can, and it yeah. works. But that's because of years of building up in the Dolphins situation they're not there yet now fortunately they've stockpiled picks to where they can afford to to reach potentially a little bit for linemen because my goodness they need linemen so bad now that doesn't that doesn't mean if if Jerry Judy falls to 15 that you pass on him but you know I, I to your your point originally yes best player available if at all possible but the Dolphins situation I think is a little bit different and, and honestly the way the league is changing in this sense is we we talk so much about you know devaluing the running back that you don't have to look at the running backs in the league you don't have to take one top five that's why the Giants got so much heat for taking Saquon especially as, as he is he hasn't moved the needle in New York. They're terrible, yeah. and he's been great. I mean, he's been hurt this year, but it, when he plays, he's been productive yeah. outside of his injury. But it, And you could almost start saying the same about wide receivers. I mean, Antonio Brown couldn't figure it out. Obviously, there were some other But, you know, Odell, I mentioned him as a, as a great player. Julio Jones is, is a phenomenal player. The Falcons are terrible now. I mean, they, you go down the list, it's like you don't – you know, it, it's just one of those things where you, know, you being a Saints fan, you look at Michael Thomas. Where did they get Michael Thomas? Second round? Second round. Yeah, they didn't have to take a top 10 pick on him, and they have maybe the best receiver in football, yep. or certainly one of them. So I, 
I think the Dolphins have to be smart in this rebuild where you, you really do have to. I hate to sound like the old cliche, like I'm like Vince Lombardi, you build from the lines, but you gotta build <laughs> you gotta build from the lines. Gotta, that's where you start with the with, because that's the one area that you always need. Even if you have an average running back, if you have a great line, that running back will find holes. This is and again, we the good part about this podcast is we come with our own biases and, and we come with our, our own teams that we like and follow really closely. I, I watched the Saints lose a game biggest upset in in I think the last twenty years to the Falcons last weekend. I watched them go into Tampa and beat a better Tampa Bay team on the road on Sunday. The only difference I saw from one game to the next, trench play. It was they got dominated up front against Atlanta, and it was a shocker. They go to Tampa and they dominate up front. It's and and it's kind of solidified my belief that what you just said, the skill position players, and and you have a lot of guys who can be very very special. But if your line play isn't good on both sides of the matter. ball, it and doesn't matter. Saquon, I use Saquon as an example again because I watched my Giants game. And he is a special player. If he gets the ball and there's two guys in the backfield ready before he can even make a cut, and then he runs into his lineman's rear end. Yeah, and doesn't matter. It, where's he going? Where's yeah. he going? Doesn't matter how much how special he is. All right, so turn our attention real quick while we can on the final portion of the podcast, the Miami Heat. Look, the Heat, as they begin the week at 9-3, and three, uh, playing some very good basketball, I think we all could agree that they haven't had a very difficult schedule. We all could agree that maybe even caught a break on the schedule, you know, uh, in not having to face Trey Young early on. He got hurt in the first game, and then they have to place in the second game. And the Hawks are, you can tell the Hawks are a much different team, obviously, with Trey Young. But what you can also say that in these 12 games, the Heat have something that I think is real. Uh, there is a understanding, in the, an unselfish, unselfishness among players in the buying of Eric Spolster's style. And guys, I think whoever wants to take it, I think we can all agree the common denominator here is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has brought something to this team. Now, Bam has made a significant jump. Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn have been excellent as rookies. You know, Chris Silva, what a find he's been for the minutes he provides. Gorn uh, has been great off the bench as a six-man role. But Jimmy Butler is that energy, that guy that has just made maybe even a bigger difference than I thought he was going to make, especially 12 games in. Yeah, and it's it's the intangible stuff. Uh, and, and I think it's – you guys talked about this the other day when, when you were out there. It's – Spo loves this team. And, and his eyes light up talking about this team. But it's, it's not just because of, hey, they work hard, all that stuff. These guys genuinely like each other. And I think part of it is, you mentioned Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has, honestly, like, is he... He's a guy who he went to Minnesota, he didn't fit in. He went to Philadelphia, and for whatever reason, they decided they weren't going to max him. And and so you can say he didn't fit in there. In Chicago, he fit in for a while, then he didn't. He comes here, and I think he looks around, and he's like, oh, I fit in here. And I fit in here without changing a single part of my personality. And and I think that's because it is heat culture, and I know we say that so often, but when you hear him talk, he is so effusive with his praise of Bam Adebayo. I mean, my goodness, you hear him, it's, it's like he's talking about members of his own family. Oh, he loves Bam. He loves, he loves Bam. Bam he loves Tyler Hero. He loves Kendrick Nunn. And, and it's not... You hear him talk, and it's like he feels like he's home, and, and he feels like he's found a place. And I, and I think it's... So you put a guy who is a star in in the middle of a franchise where he can make it his own 
without having to change a single bit. He's and I think that's the, a big thing. He's the youngest old father in the world. <laughs> that's true. Because that's true. he is like an old dad. He, he, he is like an old dad to these young players who are only, you know, anywhere from eight to ten years younger than he is. Well, but look, and, and not to interrupt you, Dookie, but remember last year, Brett Brown made a comment like that where he said he it was in the in the playoffs <laughs> where he said, James Butler showed up today. He was the <laughs> was adult in the gym. And then Jimmy Butler said, yeah, my name's not James. Um, but but that was Brett Brown was basically, and and that was a young team in Philadelphia outside of JJ Redick. You have really young players on that team who need to learn how to win. And and he got along really well with Joel Embiid. But I think it's to your point because it was kind of that 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 old big brother father whatever you want to call it. He comes in and certain players respond better. And the Heat have a team filled with players who respond to him because that's how they built their roster over the years. Well, well, at Will Manso WPLG, let me tell you, there's a story from training camp that we saw. And, you know, you, you hear these stories from training camp and you're like, all right, it's training camp and they're bonding or whatever. But it was Myers Leonard was talking after one of the days of training camp when they were training up in Boca. Mm-hmm. And the story started to come out that Jimmy Butler was getting up at 5.30 in the morning to work no, out. 3.30 in the morning. Three, I'm sorry, 3.30 in the morning. I'm sorry for giving him an extra two hours of sleep. And Myers Leonard said, I set my alarm and I went and I worked out with him because that's our leader. We're going to follow what he did. And I don't know. I mean, that's like immediate buy-in. That's like walk through the yeah. door. And I don't know if Jimmy Butler expected everyone to follow his every move that quickly. But as a guy who never had, quote-unquote, his own team in the first two days of training camp to have every it's like it's almost like the scene in Forrest Gump where he just starts running and everyone just starts following him and he's like I just kind of felt like running and now all of a sudden like Jimmy Butler starts running and he sees 13 guys behind him he's like well damn it looks like I got a team and I think that sort of immediacy of bonding is reflected on a team that plays like that I mean I, I've been to one Heat game this year, which is a lot for me. Um, no, but watch. No, watch I, I watch games. every game, but I actually got to go. And and this whole ball finds energy thing and the sharing of the ball, it's real. And it happens. And nobody cares who scores. And the ball is just constantly boom, 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 boom. This guy open, that guy open. Spacing, mm-hmm. good shooting. I mean, it's just different. Now, my person... I'm always kind of the skeptic, right? My only well, skeptic. Well, first, just buried two tongue of a loaf twelve minutes. Ago. Yeah, he's yeah. well, he's done. You're never gonna see. I, I, yeah. He's got a brother, so the Dolphins may draft the tongue of a loaf, but it ain't Tua. So anyway, and I feel bad for him. It's terrible. It's a horrible, horrible way. Listen, Bo Jackson might have been the best athlete I've ever seen. Bo Jackson played thirty years, and ago. he was done. He time never saw him again. It was a different injury. The only time oh he, my listen, maybe two was on. Tec- it was thirty years. Listen, yes. tell you what, maybe I'm if so two, old. maybe we could be two on Tech Mobile. And that'd be cool, but that's as close as the Dolphins are going to get to. Unless his brother's good. Um, can some can someone play the Prices Right? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I that's just how I feel. I feel terrible for him. Anyway, um, I want to see the Heat beat, and they they did. They have. I went through all of their wins. Right. They basically have three really good wins. Their win at Milwaukee was outstanding. They won in overtime. They beat Giannis on his home court. No disputing that. That is an A plus win. Right. Mm-hmm. They beat Houston. There are questions if Houston was South Beach, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't matter. Full strength, Harden, Westbrook, they demolished them. That's two good wins. And then one of their wins out West. Yeah, they I, won in Phoenix. They won in Phoenix, oh, so who's a, a good team. team. that was playing very well Those, at the time. So, so as we tape this, and the Heat are 9-3, and three, 
I think three of their wins are really solid wins. So, so real quickly. Yes. They're nine and three. Yes. And you said three of their wins. A are third really of their wins are excellent. One third of their wins. Two thirds of their wins. Yeah. Two third of their wins are beating Atlanta without Trey Young you know and playing many, the you know Pelicans. Many, you know how many of their wins are impressive? Nine. Because every win I'm impressed NBA, by three. Every win in the NBA is hard to come by. And if there's anything we've learned from this Heat team the last couple of years is that they were losing way too many stinkers at home to bad teams, way too many teams uh, games on the road as well that they shouldn't have lost against teams that were not as good as they were or they weren't playing well. The Heat have nine impressive wins this year because they're 9-3, and three, and that's all that matters. And every win, if we've learned anything, every win matters in the difference between making the playoffs, not making the playoffs, or being a three-seed or being a six-seed. So I mentioned all the things that were intangible about Jimmy Butler and the attitude and these guys. like Here's the thing that's tangible, and you talked about the ball movement, the ball finding yep. energy they have shooters yeah. and and the shooters and the they spacing do. and this is something they have not Hassan had got so, that one wrong <laughs> and and i can't remember which coach it was and and was it malone I, I can't remember who it was on this road trip that said that the heat are the best backdoor cutting team the best cutting team yes. in the nba you know why the best cutting team in the nba because you've got spacing, and when you cut, you can actually throw the ball into space because there aren't five guys packing the paint anymore. So they were always a good cutting team under Eric Spolster. The problem was that there were guys blocking the cutter cutters. So um, I, I just think that we can sit here and talk about all the intangibles, and I, I do feel like that's a big part of it. I think the tangible part of this is having a lot of shooters, having enough that you can consistently have at least three really, really good shooters on the floor at any one time so those cutters can go to work has been a big, big thing. And the last thing, uh, Rick Buecher was on the other day, and I, I think it may have been Hawk and Crowder, I want to give him credit, but he talked about the surprise teams in the league, and he said by far the Heat are the best surprise in the league because unlike Boston, their schedule has been tougher. They've had to go out and beat good teams, and Boston had not. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll Jimmy Butler's a dog on defense. I'll tell you that. That that's the other thing that I that I noticed in person. Just just his level of. Uh, you know what else you'll notice in person when you go to Vera Motors or sponsor today when you spend your harder money. On a car, go to a place with a better reputation, or a reputation, I'd say, and I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pember Pines, the Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pember Pines. I want to end it with this on the heat. This is not a stat. There's no way to, to prove it. I think it's just stuff that we feel, and it's the first time I've felt this since the big three era, really, I mean, really, this team's fun every night. I completely this team's agree. Fun every night. There were too many times last year, especially uh, games where Dwayne didn't play, you know, that much or as well, because last year was so much about Dwayne's farewell and the last dance, and it was so much fun the way that developed, how great it was. But when you really sat back and looked at the team, you're always like, oh man. Dion can't figure it out. Is he healthy? You know, JJ, Gorn's banged up. What position is Justice? You know, Bam and Hassan are kind of, you know, Hassan gets his minutes, but they're blocking Bam and who's who's the center. There were so many nightly struggles like that that you never really enjoyed it in the last couple of years. Now, all of a sudden, every game is fun. I mean, there isn't a moment that I'm not watching a Heat game and I'm loving the way Kendrick Nunn is playing or the surprise that Myers Leonard has been from three-point shooting or the development of Bam Adebayo or the Goran Dragic accepting and embracing that role off the bench or Jimmy Butler or so on and so forth. Tyler Hero, who so many people draft night said, why? And now we see exactly why. This Heat team is fun all the time. 
And that is a huge difference for the last few years. They remind me, this group, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to say it or the last person or the only person to say it, but looking back in Heat history, this team reminds me of Dwayne's first year with Dwayne and Karan and Lamar Odom and Brian Grant. That team that, that where Dwayne hit the game-winning shot in Game 7 against Charlotte, that they won a playoff series, mm-hmm. and then the next summer Shaq came. It was the team before Shaq. And they just had such a good vibe, and they had this feeling of like just being like on the cusp of something really, really great. And then Pat Riley elevated them. And then the next thing you know, the diesel truck was driving down Biscayne Boulevard, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, championships followed. And this team, to me, reminds me of that team just in terms of spirit and being like the feeling. We're not I'm not around them every day, but it just felt like being around that team, watching the way they interact, the way they joke with each other. But the professionalism, just the whole the whole deal. It feels like a team that Riley's going to take and he's going to elevate. It feels like the seeds are there. And you know what the other common denominator is? Is Eric Spolstra. I had a chance for the first time. I hadn't met Chris Silva yet outside of seeing him play. I hadn't met him, really talked to him. I had a chance the other day after the win. Um, why am I why am I brain freezing here? The victory Pelicans. I guess the Pelicans, thank you. To talk to Silva. And he man, he sounded like he was like programmed by Eric Spolstra as far as the culture and the fit and the belief and the championship habits. And he's saying all these terminology. I'm thinking to myself, my LeBron God. still talks like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible the way that they, and this is a kid who just came in, wasn't even sure he was going to be. He's a two-way contract. I mean, he probably should be in the G League, and, and yet he won't let them send him to the G League because he's playing so well with the with the big roster. And credit to Eric Spolstra. He has all these guys buying in and learning this way. And we talk about all the time about the Heat culture. They they buy into it. They believe it. And this is this is the perfect team for that, Clay. Right can now. can someone please tell the NBA officials that Chris Silva is actually good? Because he needs yeah. to actually start getting some calls. This oh, it's man, he's I, always getting hacked. And he's pushed. he's getting hacked and he gets called for stuff that that I mean it it's it's frustrating to watch. I feel badly for him because there's been a few plays where I'm sitting there and maybe I'm a little bitter because I've been ready to mark highlights when he's got a a, a nice block. <laughs> And, uh, and and then the ref blows the whistle. They show the replay and he doesn't touch the guy. I'm like, come on, man. But uh, to, to your point, Dookie, about the, the 2003 team, uh, 2003-2004 team, the Dwayne Wade team, uh, Silva, the, the first guy that you hear mentioned when people talk about comparisons with him is Udonis Haslam. Yep. So, I mean, it looks like I'm on the court when he yeah, runs down. Yeah, time. so it, it just it feels like there's I, – I can, I can definitely buy into that. And, um, you know, I, I'm curious to see what this team does moving forward, especially once the moratorium lifts in December and you can start making moves with guys. But – you know, there's just something special about this that group is, right now. That's the, you know, it's, uh, it's funny, Clay. And this is probably good for another podcast as time goes on. But it is going to be interesting what Pat Riley feels about this team. If we yes. know about Pat Riley, he will turn on you quickly yep. <laughs> when it comes to being able to get a star, win yep. a championship, and that's okay because your your goal is always champion. I mean, they have a star. They have Deion Waiters, yeah, and they're waiting on him. How? 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 Yeah, I mean, Deion, it was Deion's, so feel good, and yeah, then you go I'm there. Gonna, I'm just going to end it now, like like Lang ended to his career. 